What's going on, people? I'm Lou. And I'm Sid. And we are Lucid. So, bro, three episodes over. We had one guest. One more guest in, bro. Yes, bro. New guest. This time, a <laughs> little bit uh, different uh, type of uh, content. Yeah. Last uh, two episodes, a little bit uh, financial, you know, we spoke of. Uh, now, let's go to creativity. Yeah, a little bit uh, creative side of things. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ardu is very interested in today's podcast because obviously he's a creative boy. Hey, what are you saying? Creative boy? Unnecessary, unnecessary. Yeah. Let's go to your YouTube channel, bro. Let's, Let's check out all the videos. The uh, guest of ours is showing some hand signals saying I am not. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, today's guest is uh, Arvind Rishi. Uh, yes, uh, Sid, anything, a uh, little bit introduction you want to give, then I'll give a little bit. Both will share off a little bit. Yeah, bro. Bro. Mass bunk, bro. Oh my God! First impression, <laughs> like first year of college, all of us are like, okay, first year, like little bit you have to study a little seriousness. There's this one guy, class WhatsApp group is like after two periods, like, चले मास बंक करते हैं, let's go. <laughs> yeah, so that was a trippy thing, no? Every 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 week or something, you'll be like, oh, let's mass bunk, okay? And that too, the crazy part is everyone will give a thumbs up also. <laughs> no, like oh, only people who used to question was probably me or something. Right. Then, you do all this. Yeah, like why, why? And then you'd be like, why, why do you act like this? Okay, when everybody is agreeing, why aren't you agreeing? Okay, then I'd be like, yeah, that's a good point that he's bringing up here. And then we all used to just, you know, mass punk and all, trippy, trippy stuff. But apart from that, uh, yes, this Arvind Rishi over here, he's mm-hmm. been a great friend uh, throughout college. Yeah, we met in college. Yes, and uh, probably the only North Indian friend that I have who's uh, this close. He's also South Indian. He's that a is North a different. North Indian Tamilian. Yeah, North Indian Tamilian. Uh, very, very few people can claim to be that rare breed. <laughs> rare breed. Yes. Uh, but um, yeah, he's a very creative person. He's a writer. He's a storyteller. He likes um, uh, politics, movies, and you know, ideas in general. A lot of perspectives, psychology. Could keep going on and on. Mm-hmm. Like he likes so many things. Uh, and has a lot of uh, opinions which. I really like your attitude yeah. from and some opinions I really hate also <laughs> but that's that's the beauty of the entire thing okay. that you know you can hate and like his opinions and you can still be good friends with him that's mm-hmm. very few people you can have like that so uh, hi Arvind welcome Rishi Arvind Rishi <laughs> hi Lou hi Sid who is who I'm Sid and I'm Lou okay Lou cool to be here thank you for calling me over for the podcast and about the mass bunk why we did it right <laughs> <laughs> you knew you knew the question is going to come to you yes uh, why 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 exactly did you want to <laughs> do the mass box this was something that everybody wanted everybody knew the truth they couldn't speak it out see what i felt was that we are spending so much time learning nothing so it's better if we go back and just spend time doing something we like but every nobody wanted to speak it out i just I just show you showed you guys the road. The Dandi march was done by everybody. Oh, okay, listen up. Okay, <laughs> this is exactly what I meant by certain opinions that I don't like. <laughs> because um, right, so he just said plain like he just started off by saying you know we don't learn anything from those classes, bro. I have my job because of those classes only. I'm not gonna lie that. Uh, See, I'm not saying we learn anything. We don't learn anything. What I'm saying is that we learn. See, there is a way of learning anything, right? Uh, if you learn one single sentence over a period of weeks, versus you learn that same sentence in five minutes, it matters, right? Why would I sit in a in hours and hours of classes Makes to sense. learn something that is very less, right? I'm not saying a syllabus is less. What I'm saying, what they taught, 
in the end what came filtered out of it at least to my mind was something that could have been taught in less time mm-hmm. with all due respect to the teachers and faculties i would love to teach if i was there in rbc as well very good college very good teachers <laughs> but what i felt <laughs> trying to save his ass now <laughs> it's okay <laughs> yeah basically what you are trying to say is not about the content or what they were teaching it's the amount of time they were taking to teach that you could have learned it in a lesser time and use it for the other time for better like better purposes yeah whatever those better purposes were we all know but what i personally felt was this uh, when you spend x amount of time learning a certain amount of things you sh- should try to learn as much things in as less time as possible right yeah be more efficient is what you mean. yes and the system as it is formed requires you to sit down 8 hours a day in classes and effectively just count how many dosas you ate and how right so see i agree are. that there were some classes which were you know not that great uh, and even i yeah used to sleep in all those classes you know we all mass bumped and all but all that all that aside um right you are right um, in the fact that you know we all need to be efficient um, and uh, stuff so what did you do in that time that is an important question <laughs> i wrote what i did was that i invested the extra time i had in things that i like to do see a uh, college is not only about enhancing my electronic skills because i was in that branch it is also about en- enhancing the skills i already like to do for example i liked social work i like to help people even if it was one single guy uh, you'd be surprised to know that i actually organized a, a huge campaign in which people actually went and taught underprivileged kids you guys were also part of it yeah. that was completely a, a brain child right so it's not that i'm against teaching i'm just against teaching that takes up too much time and teach, teaches you too less so what i did was we made movies uh, i did social works and i tried to write and consume as much quality content as possible so that you can improve your writing skills and other no just just <laughs> just, uh, just, uh, just consume quality content, content. Okay. yeah that's a, that's a decent proposition here <laughs> <laughs> right so hey yeah, good that you brought up uh, writing right mm-hmm. because i think uh, we're going to dwell mainly into uh, the fact of why you write and what makes you write why did you get into you know the idea of stories how did you go into script we'll reach we'll touch all of all of those things so the first thing is um, why do you like writing in the first place uh writing storytelling is not an art we live breathe and eat stories every single moment of our lives whether it's telling your dad why you want a certain phone or uh telling your boss why you want certain leave in a certain day we spin stories all around us mm-hmm. whether your teacher asks you why are you came late to class you don't tell her the reason you are sleeping you say something you cook something up so the easier you mold facts with fiction the good the better it is for you to convince other people so what i objectively believe is every single person is creating his own parallel narrative in this world okay mm-hmm. everything you choose whether it is your the perfume you like uh to the drink you want to consume or the lifestyle you associate yourself with is part of the story that you are telling yourself in your own mind because i believe mind is a narrative generator it can consume facts but it can't stay objective for long it has to intertwine to all the facts. facts it has to make narratives out of it 
and that is how it survives for it its stable state is knowing a story mind when you don't know what the ending was or when you don't know what is happening it's a unstable meta state for a mind you could actually associate it with a chemical compound so wait okay so from state. whatever you're saying right uh, so it would it seems like to me that one of the reasons why you did pursue writing is to is to finish that unfinished story in your heads in your head before that sorry so one thing you were talking about was you know molding facts into fiction right so like when you talked about examples as to why you want a phone or uh, you know why i came late to a class is it always about you know molding fiction into f- like facts or is it about talking about a certain fact in a different way because like you know changing the narrative right for example i i came late because there was a traffic jam i just say okay i came late because there was a traffic jam but if i express it more it's like oh this happened that happened so like it's more convincing right so is that the uh, point or is it more like we are trying to like you know put some of our thoughts into the facts uh, actually dikshit you got pretty pretty close to this so the more a third person is going to believe in you mm-hmm. the more nuanced your story is there is a reason why uh, for example let's take your own example why i came late to a class if you just say i'm sorry mm. or if you just say there was traffic that's just a one liner that's not a good story if you say i woke up on time mm. i kicked my bike but it wasn't starting ma'am because I d- my dad didn't get it serviced mm. but when i told my dad he said i could have done it but then i realized my mistake and then i caught the bus and i came so in this story you are actually wrong and you are accepting it mm. although all of this might be false you just might have slept but this is a good story to tell and as a third person any nuanced story people are going to believe it so that is why i believe all of us are storytellers in general we say stuff that is more easily consumable mm. more easily you can wrap your head around and get it into a single bite the more you can sell stuff mm-hmm. one more thing is uh, like we asked before also so what is your purpose of you know writing a story and like from when did you start writing stories for me stories have always been an articulation of what i have been through past experiences and what situations are interesting something interesting i like to point out that if most of the people who write or create content or directors in general put out stuff that is very personal to them that is what i'm trying to say is every character that i write has a part of me in it every situation that i put them through is how they react is somehow related to what i believe that i would react in there so basically it is just me putting out my thoughts and process through the head and voice of a character <laughs> so that it is easy for me to dissociate if he does something wrong <laughs> see i also believe stories should not be morally policied so for me the the thrill of writing things that people may accept or hate completely and still bring out in them an emotional reaction to your content when they read it or watch it completely mm. this is the reward for which everybody or anybody creates content or writes stuff right the reaction so okay so the you talk about the reaction right so it's like um, something that they're it's like a output that they're giving from for whatever input that you provide right so where is the input that you get to write the output that you provide 
see uh as i said most of what i write is is personally what i would like to read right mm-hmm. what i would like to consume is what i produce theek mm-hmm. hai but on the other hand uh, there is something i firmly believe in uh is how a mind perceives reality like the reality in a very theoretical sense is constant for all of us but every single person on this planet or every single animal has his own parallel narrative of what the actual reality is because the object or <laughs> the tool through which you map your external reality is your senses the five senses you have mm-hmm. and i believe those five senses act as unique keys and when i say keys this is how i believe the memory is stored with, within each of us there are it's stored in the form of a hash map wherein the keys are unique and they have corresponding values which are your memories in turn okay wait so hash map as in the computer science hash data map. structures yes okay okay fine continue <laughs> so for example let's take let's do a very small exercise anybody who's hearing and both of us let us recall a memory that is very vivid to us that we remember completely mm-hmm. you would always know you would always realize that there was some form of visual audio sense of smell probably and a sense of touch completely associated with it mm-hmm. because that was your primary key a combination of all this is how you remember it that is why when you visit certain geographical locations after a very long time you go back to your home after a very long time certain set of memories that you had your past experiences start popping up immediately but you did not explicitly remember them but they still came right because the hash their hashes the keys were lost when you went back to that geographical location you felt the same thing you were smelling the same thing you were touching probably the very similar things and then those unique keys triggered that part of your subconscious which had that memory so there's like this um, you've seen this online this uh, it's not a meme exactly but there's this image that i saw online on instagram where like you know they have this object okay and they have this light uh, projecting on this ob- there's a there's a shadow projection of of some light that is being obliquely given on this object okay and on that projection there's a square okay and from the other side like uh, 90 degrees perpendicularly if you throw light on it there's a circle that forms on the other side of the uh, shadow right so there's like two different perceptions that is the square and the circle to the same, same object. object i think that is what you mean by you know that individual reality that is there uh, for each person and you know um, yeah their their own um, yeah their own for- versions of what they seem pretty much pretty much right yes right. so yeah like what you're basically trying to say is like the hash map uh, what do you say comparison is basically all your senses are linked to each memory it's like the memory is one value and all the hashes are uh, the different uh, senses so talking about the senses right so like do you think there's like one sense obviously the visual sense like you keep seeing all the things around you every day that is like the value of that is more compared to the other senses definitely definitely the amount of content visual content we are consuming every day has probably increased 100 times than what we were consuming 50 years ago right ironic to say this on a podcast but how many of us hear radio <laughs> okay this was the primary source of information like 50 years ago 
they did yeah, not yeah. use the visual medium but now we have films we have news we have narratives and everything is visual youtube so that probably the eyes and the ears make a good pair of source of information to persist memories long time and it impresses people a lot what you see mm-hmm. you be, you tend to believe in it mm-hmm. right true so there is there is one another interesting thing about this whole narrative everybody is inside their own narrative thing ki uh, when we talk about advertisement what kind of ads we consume mm-hmm. are obviously see the kind of products we buy is an offshoot of what kind of person what kind of story you are telling yourself to be for example iphone sells you the same phone but it tells you it has class associated with it and samsung would probably sell you a better phone but you would go on and buy an iphone because you would tell yourself i in my story am a successful person and i want things of that carry a certain importance in the society because you want to elevate your role in your story so that is the key gray area of advertisement that where if you think of it as a as a venn diagram so the first circle is your your narrative and the second circle is the company's product narrative and where these two narratives coincide is where you end up buying that product right so your story and the company's story like that intersection is the sweet spot where you that is why that is why consumer data is so important in today's world mm-hmm. that is why your phones are constantly being monitored by these data companies because they want to know what your story is right how you perceive yourself to be what kind of books you study what kind of websites you visit that all paints a digital story of yourself that you're not even aware no you spoke about uh, what uh, hash maps and all no this reminds me of dsc class bro bro don't eat. why do you why do you get reminded bro, with all aggression uh, bro the struggles we had with those classes right but uh, that's a good point okay even though it's hor- horrible for me uh, it's a good boy it's a good point that you brought it up because um, the boy here arvind rishi he works in like complete software right yeah. so um, one question for to you and also you take up this side projects that you're doing and uh, apart from your actual work all in computer science so what what really drives you into like you know it what's your why do you have this passion for computer science or do you really have a passion i don't know if you have a passion in computer science so yeah tell us something about that yeah major segue but yeah me want to know uh my passion for coding is fueled by the fact but I, um, is fueled by the fact that i was pretty bad at electronics okay moderated <laughs> career <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> jokes aside <laughs> on a serious note wait one second one more joke please <laughs> uh do you think uh, yeah it's a serious question from a reporter here do you think uh, you being bad in electronics has anything to do with you know mass bunks and stuff <laughs> anyways i still have a decent cgp okay anyway go on go on go on huh. so what i feel is uh, everything in computer science has has two two major properties associated with it one that it is all available for free online you can consume any content regarding to any any sdk or any file you are using it could right. be the randomest of the random but you'll have people discussing about right. it online it's open source yes it's yes that is completely the opposite of what we have with mosfets and bjts the information is so self contained and complex in general that the electronic side of stuff is pretty tough to learn 
and pretty tougher to teach makes sense yes and the second part is this this plus point is definitely there but the second point is it is ever expanding we have like thousands of releases of the same product of the same jar file again and again and again and each one of them introduces new features with different set of bugs and then so you can't definitely say that you know something in general mm-hmm. oh. in this field right so it always makes you it keeps you curious and like want to learn more that's one way of putting it <laughs> so wait so uh, the the one reason maybe why you took up the other projects that you're doing uh, apart from your actual work is to is to you know get better at your work itself can we say that or is there an inherent interest to do something else that's a very nice way of putting it thank you uh, uh i would actually accept what you said right yeah i had an inherent interest to know market practices in general mm. and what kind of technologies do these people actually use because what we study is completely different from what they actually use that is the state of the system right now and uh, to make a industry's quality product even through any resources is something that i would like to do but again on the safer side you can fail fast in your projects but you can't fail in your job right if you make right, something right right if you make something that is completely bad that doesn't work even though you learned a lot making it if it comes out bad that is something that's going to cost your company dollars the con- consequences will be more that intense. is not a good place to be <laughs> but if you are doing it as a project you could just say okay sorry next project <laughs> right got it got it got it got it and third third and the most important and the most philosophically thought about reason for me is time pass right nice so is it is because of the lockdown i mean too, i don't know too much time uh, because of the lockdown and time pass and stuff like that yeah that's it's interesting yeah I mean, we all need something to do, right? Right. But he went and did something more productive. Yeah, more productive. No need, no need. We start prod podcast, bro. It's all a little bit productive, I think. Yeah, you guys changed your name and had the podcast. It's pretty much productive in itself. <laughs> thanks, thanks, bro. <laughs> I don't know if I should say thanks for that, but okay. Right. So, talking about software and like where most of the companies are going towards machine learning and stuff, right? So yeah, like data is very important, right? So, what do you think about data in software and in real life you are absolutely right uh, said data is the currency of the digital world the more data you can amass about any object the more specifications you know and the more characteristics and patterns you are aware of whether if that object is just a business product or if it is a person mm-hmm. and it goes without saying the internet world and everything is for them we are just a data point you are just a set of location coordinates for some companies that track your location and you are just a set of bytes for some companies that track the websites you are visiting so apart from the digital world which is very obvious to all of us now in the real world it's it has another consequences that we might not have thought of mm-hmm. what we call data in real world is basically facts right facts facts that you know and about people that you want to know about so what we do in real world with these facts is first is how we consume it consume meaning in terms of news or like the people we talk to i believe our mind is a narrative generating machine hmm. every single person we meet in general we pick up certain characteristics 
and then we generate a narrative within ourselves that we don't know completely whether it's true or not true this is this is a part of being judgmental that what people put out the word fancy word out there mm-hmm. when you see a person doing certain set of things and those things have a past reference in your memory and those have a particular associated emotion triggered within you you associate the same thing copy paste it here and you think that guys like that again beyond personal stuff talking about uh, how the media narratives go about it is pretty much similar also you have certain facts and you have certain theories maybe that would be right wing maybe that could be left wing that doesn't matter you do not have to see one common mistake all of us are doing and that does not take a shakespeare to point it out i don't know why i took that name but we should not suit facts according to our theories we should suit theories according to the facts we see right so one question here we yes continuously talking about facts and how facts are data but if everything that we perceive um, can be molded like you 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 brought up the point saying you know fa- uh, facts are nothing but molded molded fiction or fiction is nothing but molded facts so if if there is an intermixing between fact and fiction right throughout um, where is where do we draw the line of what is a fact and what is a fiction and how do you know that you know that is the data that we are supposed to look at that is a very nice question for you to ask and that has a very very simple answer any any anything to which thousands or hundreds of people agree upon becomes a fact instantly for example thousands of years ago people agreed that there was somebody floating on the clouds and taking care of us it is still a fact though a lot of people might contradict it it is still publicly assumed as true mm-hmm. that god exists conformity towards the collective brings anything into fact zone right so um, one thing is okay um, like to point this out but uh, it few years ago uh, a few hundred people decided that you know jews aren't that great and that became a fact in that nation right and then and then a lot of a lot of things boiled down and a lot of bad things happened and then now we know that that's not true at least the people in that country know that that is not true okay um, so what i see is there can be cases where facts can become fiction in future and it's like you know today's fact is tomorrow's fiction exactly right so one more thing is um, that is one type of fact i'd like to cut you, cut you here a little bit on that if the vice versa of what you said also exists there were uh, uh, writers who predicted scientific equipments that went on to be made hg wells isaac asimov these people wrote stories which had submarines mm-hmm. which had devices phones that didn't exist that was fiction but now that's a fact that's a different way of putting it but it did turn out to be true so my question is like okay now whatever we are discussing right okay it's like social uh, understanding you know how 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 we uh, how we navigate ourselves in society right so one thing is uh, when we take when we consider something a fact so there are two types of facts is, is what is there in my head one is empirical facts and one is facts that uh, we 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 perceive as facts so empirical fact as in gravity is gravity you can't you can't escape gravity right. flat earthers disagree just <laughs> 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 not just not like flat earthers disagree <laughs> <laughs> right so um, no what i'm tra- okay i get what you're trying to say so for the flat earthers that might not be the case but then what is largely understood is that you know that is an empirical fact and 
you trying to say that it can happen that in the future that might not be true because we have seen instances in the past where certain scientific theories say for example the bohr's model okay of an atom exactly was was disproven and and then you know uh, the different different uh, kinds the of the ford's model came about yeah right so many other models came about so there is always this uh, this uh, this this inconsistency between what is fact today and what can be fact tomorrow so your uh, what i am trying to understand is do we navigate our life through whatever is considered fact today or or that is not the right way to go about because see uh, all these while we bought about podcast saying you know we talked about the stock market and all where you have to look at the future beforehand you need to have that pre preemptive you know strike in your head right so what is your take on that we navigate our lives based on what we perceive as facts mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. solely and objectively up to you mm-hmm. and nobody has the right to judge you because nobody has been through your situation you are the protagonist of your own story mm-hmm. right so even if i believe that the earth is flat i should have the common sense to have an outsider's perspective a third person's god eyes view bird eyes view right. over anything and everything i'm doing that is another important thing i feel everybody should have whenever you are making a decision in life just just go out of your body act as a narrator in a film you have a narrator that knows what's going on and you should think in his perspective what actually is this guy doing or is this girl doing is this right and if it should still be justifiable and then you should definitely go ahead and do that because because if we all conform as a society to what is fact and what is fiction and what should be done and what should not be done that society will collapse on itself mm-hmm. because True. we stop being human the moment we all agree to one single thing mm-hmm. i don't know about that uh, <laughs> see again another point where i uh, might disagree. disagree but that's okay we'll stop with that over there um so uh, let's let's talk about the one thing that you just uh, uh, that that you just brought up which was quite interesting so this uh, thing that you talked about uh, having a external perspective right so i think uh, both sid and i here meditate okay so and um, there are certain things that i do in certain meditational uh, practices certain days where you know uh, when i when i close my eyes it's like um, i ha- i am supposed to think that i am watching myself from some other point of view from some bird birds eye view and it's really weird okay the the experience itself is is weird and like you know uh, kind of calming because you are seeing yourself in that moment you are at least trying to perceive yourself in that moment right. imagining yourself to sit there and you know your surroundings how it may look like mm-hmm. and uh, you know for some reason that is kind of very reflective um, you know it gives you a kind of perspective where you are seeing yourself in a totally different light mm-hmm. even though it is a it is a construction of your own imagination uh, said what kind of other things have you tried in this kind of meditation so for me meditation is more like so i don't do a lot of imagination like as you do so it's more like you know giving like my brain like a free ticket like go think about whatever you want right okay okay it's, okay. it's more like a release like the whole day you just keep thinking about the, like the things you want to do your mm-hmm. job or mm-hmm. like different things the things you're watching but like so this time like the amount of time i meditate it's more like just think about whatever you want i'm not going to judge i'm not going to like you know uh, feel any response to it i'm just going to observe like okay, okay. right you're going to think about something horror i'm like okay 
just think right so these things right that we both tried hmm. one thing that i tried is you know this kind of imaginations right. right and the other things most of the time it's the same as what you said hmm. that's that's precisely even what i try following one thing what uh, is interesting from me from what you said as well as from what uh, descriptions i gave this this idea of representing 3d space around you okay and allowing your mind to navigate through it by itself right so for said he said that you know um, in his mind he just lets his mind go free right and if he ha- if he has to think of something horror he let his mind go ahead and think it through and for me it's like you know this 3d representation of space how exactly can we make use of this um, this this you know uh, pictorial kind of memory in our heads uh, there is actually a legit science associated with it it's called mnemonics mnemonics yeah, okay. so uh, it is something that is frequently used and abused by these uh, detective tv shows in which their all knowing detective probably has a um, mental proof palace which they navigate sherlock sherlock yes yes <laughs> so that is a very very effective technique of remembering things for example just as a small experiment uh, what the only thing the basic level of this would be to imagine a space that you are completely aware of mm-hmm. that could be your house so you place objects inside your mind within the geographical locations of your house for example you open your door and keep a 2 liters cold coca cola bottle there and then you walk inside and you place uh, where you remove your slippers you actually place a sony bravia tv and then you go inside you place uh, that is how you associate geographical locations with objects okay so the only thing you have to do to remember all of these objects back yeah, is that you have to enter your house in your mind right. you walk in you open your door you see that bottle of coca cola lying you walk inside what is the next thing you see you see the place where you remove your slippers so there's a sony bravia tv so this again as i said it's a hash map so this mnemonics thing is effectively used by a lot of these uh, people to <laughs> basically remember their periodic table right okay yes to increase f- increase remembering abstract data that don't really form a story because a story right. is easy to remember right. right so what you effectively do is that you mold it into a fiction associated with the story yes basically. but okay i see something uh, more interesting in this so you are molding the facts into a kind of fiction in your own head where you are placing things in a geographical location but that also kind of helps you to like you know navigate uh, your fiction in your head about the world around you because then whatever you have stored in that fiction of your mind is actually facts now and then you're utilizing those facts as data points to represent the world around you am i am i making sense to you guys um no could you come again okay so basically what i'm trying to say is now you have laid objects in your so let's let's take an example of the coca cola bottle that you said okay you have laid the coca cola bottle in your mind palace which is inside your home right in your head okay now uh, that coca cola bottle has a serial number say for example and then uh, what you do is you are utilizing that serial number in that coca cola bottle to claim some prize in your actual reality you have seen that coca cola bottle somewhere else okay and you are taking that coca cola bottle in your head with a serial number okay and you are utilizing that serial number later on to claim a prize on online okay what you said that you know you're molding the facts into fiction in your head you're utilizing that same fiction to mold your fact again is what i'm trying to say you then navigate your reality based on what you have stored in your head so the mem- the aspect of memory it just does not play as memory 
it also plays to reinforce what you actually are in the world what your actions can be that's that's a nolanish way of putting things so why i'm telling all of these things is because uh, some time ago uh, rishi uh, you spoke about um, how judgment and how we utilize these things in our head to judge people in in insufficient data or insufficient stories in our heads and we use that prior experiences and all to judge people for what they are today my point is it can also be that you know we can use these judgments in our head past experiences okay things that we learned from our, from our experience or or things that we see in our day to day life we all of these form like incomplete narratives in our head but we are utilizing these incorrect incorrect narratives to some positive reinforcements as well right so say for example um yeah like let's take for example that um, if i eat street food i get diarrhea okay um it's not true but if if i do eat street food and if i do get diarrhea and if that is true that is a fact in my head because of my previous past ex- experiences now you guys take me to this uh, street food place and you guys ask me to eat there okay i'm going to say no because in my head i have judged this place it's a street food place and i'm going to judge it saying this this place is bad okay because of my previous experiences that i am not capable of eating street food because i will get diarrhea now this is in the end become good for me because it has helped me not get diarrhea because everything is probabilities right in a way everything is going to be probability so there is a higher chance of me not getting diarrhea now right this is an this is an example of something objective oriented so you might think that you know this is more like you know you can't call it judgment but what i'm trying to say is say if for example you are judging a bad person and how do you claim a person to be bad if a person based on their records right if they have been to prison if they have done something wrong then you will tend to stay away from that person right and that is a good judgment to make because you don't want to get into trouble right so that is why i kind of like brought up this this idea of you know molding what is there in your memory to uh, yeah so, so that is that is a very interesting way to put stuff and i agree but that if you go to a chart sto- shop and then you see chart and you would say that it might have giving diarrhea but then i feel you would end up eating it because that's how most of us are it's called cognitive dissonance people who smoke they know it's going to kill them people who drink they know it's going to kill them but they eventually still do it because you create an alternative narrative in your head that nothing is going to happen to me <laughs> and even if i die it's okay you're right you're right i agree yes uh, that alternative n- narrative aside there can be cases where cognitive cognitive dissonance happens and it's a very natural human tendency for it to happen but uh not every judgment is is a case of uh something wrong is all i'm trying to that, say that that is that is correct it's more like how do you say this like no person can stop judging anyone like right human nature but the thing is after you judge what action are you going to take with it right like you need to make sure that your your judgment is backed up with proof so suppose you say someone is a bad guy you need to have proof that he's actually a bad guy so i think that's the like main important thing right i guess i guess what you guys are pointing out i mean very pointedly what i see this discussion going is like you know uh, certain remarks that people make without people really knowing what they yeah, are right yeah. as in just by basis of what they think mm-hmm. that thing might be right so it again boils down to asking the right questions right mm-hmm. to get the correct facts to get the correct amount of facts you need to ask the right questions so again the next question would be what was the right question <laughs> so 
so what i feel is that the genius does not lie in the answers it's in asking questions that other people aren't asking that are obvious on the face or in general that are right for example we have right now google that we didn't have like couple of decades ago and it has every single answer to most of your questions but do we have all the answers to all the questions that are popping up in our head no we just search for stuff that we think is relevant mm-hmm. another way to put it is that when you are faced with a situation that you have to analyze you have to take in facts as raw data and incubate it within your mind when i'm trying what i'm trying to say is that you get yourself pregnant with that same fact you sleep with it i had certain elders in my house used to tell me that do not make a decision at night sleep on it and then tomorrow morning mm-hmm. we'll decide mm-hmm. there is actually a very scientific process behind it when you spend longer time with a certain thought or a certain question your subconscious starts searching for the answers in everyday life when you go to a stall to have tea till you scrolling random feed on instagram everywhere your subconscious is searching for answers and then suddenly lo and behold it'll click and you not know when it'll click so this is you consciously and subconsciously searching for answers and that very answer will have certain amount of back questions to it it's a so, recursive process yeah you got to yes. keep asking the question answering it yeah. and asking more questions that that answer will lead to more questions and you ask answer them as well until you lead yourself to the right uh, yeah finally get the so, finally what you will have is that you will have more explanations than stories Mm-hmm. you'll have more correct things to say than fabricating fiction and that is when you realize that somebody has actually thought it through they're not faking it right. they have explanations for it even though people might not like those explanations people mm-hmm. tend towards stories so there are these cases uh, or instances that i see online uh, a lot of times because i'm just bringing up online because you said scroll instagram right uh and i see that there are these cases where people just share uh, content right and then when you talk to that person um, the exact same thing that the person has shared is the thing that comes out of their mouth as well it seems like to an extent at least in our generation and even i am a part of this right even i have done this so many times and it's very hypocritical of me to say that you know I- i've seen only other people do it but i'm pre- very aware and conscious that even i might have done this so um, it's like we at a given point right there is so much information or data that we are collecting right so much knowledge that we are gaining that it becomes incomprehensible for us to sleep on it right and then all we do is start to assume that you know these things whatever we are getting the data and a data that we have based on our previous experiences if it's if it's lining up in that right and then that data itself is true i completely agree this is due to we our mind has lost focus due because of lot of the gazillion megabytes of data that we consume every single day and the hordes of information that is not necessary for our day to day survival mm-hmm. another fun fact is we consume six pieces of negative information compared to one piece of positive information on a daily note <laughs> wow okay because negativity that. sells mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it affects you in turn. Mm-hmm. Another good example would be our world has shrunk. 
due to this social media and mm-hmm. due to people constantly trying to be in touch with yes that in turn has lost their own touch with themselves some place mm-hmm. you do you not spend time in an empty room just staring at the wall i'm asking why is it wrong you end up scrolling you end up scrolling through millions and millions of people laughing their way through colored photos and edited videos and dancing i say that is not required that we are not focusing on what we want to know we are focusing on what these others people are putting out in the world so that is something an actor said this is something that a south actor said in a movie that some some the interviewer asked him ki why don't you put out stuff regularly he said i just put it out i don't consume it in i have a team that puts my posts online i don't see the comments i don't read anything for me that's a distraction and he's 100% right it is a distraction it seems fun when you have nothing to do but every with every single passing year the world is actually coming in terms with what they have themselves created in terms of social media when we were young it was a fun place to be you could comment on anybody's photo but now it has become a social symbol it's like the car you own your instagram profile how is it facebook profile how is it that is something that is completely unnecessary that brings out less focused approach towards anything we are doing generally mm-hmm. so another point to the thing you were saying that we have many questions and we have too much data to process it basically like mm-hmm. no sleep over it and stuff maybe like one thing like people can do is like each person likes a certain stuff right now rishi is more into storytelling right mm-hmm. so to have more discussions with that person you know to talk more with that person so that it's easier for you to process the information when you're having a discussion right like you don't have to you know find the answers for everything yourself basically like you can you know help each other so like so one person is good at that you can talk to him because you know that he's researched or you know like whatever he talks he knows the points about it so that will make life easier mhm okay pretty pretty interesting uh, conversation today I, i must say what do you what do you guys think yeah there are a lot of uh, different topics which was really nice like from storytelling to why rishi is doing so many projects yeah but i think everything you know boils down to the fact that uh, you know how everything is a narrative how everything is a story yeah, yeah. right and this is arvind rishi's narrative yeah this is this this end up podcast was his narrative <laughs> right <laughs> send me the check guys <laughs> send me the check oh my god no that that is you're just boiling the narrative too high bro <laughs> right uh, so uh, thank you so much uh, arvind any any last things that you would like to say in this podcast amazing amazing discussion with lu and said on this podcast and looking forward to good content from you guys again and again time and again thank you, thank you so uh, i'm pre- i'm hoping you're not one of them south actors who just you know puts out the content and doesn't consume <laughs> please do consume our content might be that might be a story i just said you don't know <laughs> you can't uh, fact check it <laughs> <laughs> all right guys then uh, said anything else you want to add enough enough, enough uh, okay <laughs> yeah, bro peace okay i'm lu and i'm said and we are lucid, lucid.